fire is divinity and subjective presence throughout the universe. I seek the way, I yearn to know, visions I see and fleeting deep impressions. Behind the portal on the other side lies that which I call home. For the circle hath been well nigh trod and the end approacheth the beginning. I seek the way, all ways my feet have trod. The way of fire calls me now with fierce appeal. Naught in me seeks the ways of peace, naught in me yearns for earth. Let the fire rage, the flames devour, let all the dross be burnt, and let me enter through that gate and tread the way of fire. So we have Uranus conjunct the Earth today. Uranus is uh, in the mysteries is the great hierophant of electric fire, and his job is to to rule initiation. So here we are in this week of our final six weeks soul initiation temple, and I want to just say a couple of things about the week before Janine and I have a wrap about the dark. So. Um, first of all, initiation is not an event, it is a way. So it's not a, you know, even though we will have events and we will have ceremonies and rituals, initiation is a way, it's when the soul chooses of its own free will to walk the way of its own liberation, to walk the way of fire. Oh. And that process, for me, I've, I've been walking that way for 30 years, it's a razor edge path. The fire continues to burn, can things continue to come up, everything comes up to be burned. And because whatever is not burned is actually real. Whatever is whatever the fire doesn't take is who you are. So some of you are in that experience, Cassie and Sam, of walking away of fire right now, all of your possessions are burning. And um, but nothing real. No. Nothing real is being taken. It's, it's an answer to, to, to a prayer, too. What's that? It's, an, it's really an answer to a prayer. Yeah. To, to, and it just feels like it opens the way from this, from this training to, to the next revealing. And it's a surrender, it's a great archetypal thing. I think of that young girl Greta saying, I want you to panic as if your house was on fire. You know. And I think of this place that actually we're not insured. All it takes for it to go down is one candle left. You know, so universe, like protect us. We're on the way of fire. So in a way, when you're on the way of fire, you have to trust fire. You have to trust that if it burns, it's going to take what it needs to take and leave you with what's left. Well, Janine, Red Earth experience a year ago, was it, that you were here? Last time. Last time. Red Earth burned and all of around her house burned. So there's this... There's this quality when you invoke fire, when you call on fire, when you say, okay, I get it. I'm not, I can't protect myself as a soul from the journey. 
like life on earth is a raging fire, it isn't a, a sweet little, you know, um, pastime, it didn't come here for a holiday. So when the soul really sets itself to walk to its own liberation, to claim its own power, then it sets out on the way of fire. And to tread that way, there are many fires. You know, there's the fire of your body-mind, there's the fire of friction, there's the fire of your personality integrating itself and meeting other personalities. And then there's the solar fire, there's the fire of the sun, there's the fire of the soul, that whole journey of awakening the soul and learning how to relate to other souls. And then there's electric fire, and this is Uranus. This is this lightning that the soul can call upon the lightning. And when the lightning strikes, crisis happens. And in that crisis, cracks open and the path is accelerated. So these are three fires, three, three cosmic fires, actually. But they're all the one. They're all one fire. And underneath the fire, the darkness is revealed. But behind, behind cosmic fire, behind the starlight, the blue-white fire of the I Am Presence, behind the fires of suns, is the, the dark fire. If you saw on Soul Tribe today, someone posted uh, the first ever shot of a black hole eating a sun. And so the, sun, the star has to be exactly right. Distance only happens once every 10,000 years. But if the, if, the, if the star hits the black hole, it just gets swallowed. Otherwise, it bounces off. But if it just hits it at the right place, then it's ripped apart. And, and the sun that star becomes a whole ball of fire around the black hole for a while, an accretion disk before it disappears. Part of it's thrown out, part of it's swallowed. So behind fire is emptiness. Dark, it's the dark, it's the void. Mm -hmm. So the journey of fire is to gradually integrate these fires of the soul, of the body-mind, of um, the spirit, until revelation um, comes. And that accelerates the whole journey. It allows you to walk the path of fire a lot faster. And that's the hope of these modern temples and mystery schools, that they have within them the seed of the dark. They have within them that energy which can accelerate everything because once you taste it and know it you know that you don't exist and that you never have and that there's nothing to risk and everything can be thrown into the flames so um so we want to just wrap a little bit about that janine and i met 2011 something like that yeah at a sedona conference and she was giving a talk on the blood mysteries and i was giving a talk on black holes and we went and had lunch together and like what is this, you know, thing that's the same? We're going in, we're in different directions, but the, there's something that's vibrating, it's the same. And so it's taken us eight or nine years of periodically working together, uh, um, helping land this to two and three, integrating blood and semen rituals and phallus and womb work and w working with the polarity to get behind the duality. Um, and my path to the dark was more to find the emptiness at the core of consciousness, find the non-dual spirit at the core of consciousness, and then bring it to matter. Um, and 
her path also was a path of spirit to matter, but then her work in matter became her focus. So working with the dark in matter, and then eventually through resonating with each other over the years, we've gradually come to the point where it's actually the same dark. You know, it's, just, it's the same thing, it's just that the journeys to it are different. So um, we're, we're journeying, Denise come to the last week of every uh, one of these trainings and the last one we'll teach together because by then the, the landing of this will hit the physical plane and that's when the dark of matter and the dark of spirit have to be together. So maybe we just share a little bit about the journey into the dark. I love it when you share about this resonance that happened then we recognized that it was the high dark and the low dark were the same. It wasn't so much resonance. <laughs> it was more... Resonance <laughs> 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 for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I guess for me, the... I did start off on an ascendant path, and interestingly, when I went into Tantra and sacred sexuality, it was really, I wanted to ascend more. That was my intention. I can use sexual energy to ascend more. And then she just I, bought me her first CD of meditation <laughs> called Be Still and Know That You Are God. Yeah, I'll I show you later. Teach him. <laughs> it's only <a> years. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and what I found was as I um, started working in sexuality, my teachers were saying to me, you need to go down into the dark. I remember one particular said, one said, you need to get down into your shadow shakti. I'm going, okay, well, what is that? But nobody could really tell me. A lot of the dark feminine work really wasn't established back then. The blood work was still very, very edgy. Like people weren't, definitely weren't posting it on, posting it on Facebook. It was very edgy and, and actually the blood work that was even around was really made an initiation journey, but not the descent work, not really working deeply with the mystery of the dark in that way. So, so it's, I started working with a, a, a priestess actually who, who supported me to do my first descent and that was life changing for me because I had been taught so much about descending and how bad it was. I've got a Catholic upbringing, all those kind of things. So that first descent and having to work through all the conditioning and really surrendering <coughs> that go, and then this discovery of something really beautiful and, and deep compassion and, and a feeling of, of coming home to something. And so then my journey was really just continuing working with that path, it was clear that descent was my path, and even when I try to change it to something else, it just keeps taking me down. And, and interesting, I had this experience for a number of years. It was almost, I, I don't know what this, how you would even explain this esoterically, but it almost felt like my crown was sealed or something. Mm. It's like I couldn't, I actually couldn't ascend anymore. It was like taking me, it just forced me to keep going down. And through a lot of emotional body stuff, a lot of conditioning, repression, many years of that actually going right through that and then discovering this exquisite ecstasy that was at the bottom of that, was at, the, at the bottom through all that. And I could see that a lot of the feminine path was, that was out there was really going down but then looping in the emotional body 
and you're actually cracking right through to the ecstasy underneath. And so that's been really a, um, a focus for me as to how, how to create spaces to explore that more and how to start accessing the ecstasy and, and particularly now entering into the atom. That's, that's, a really, um, that's very alive for me and accessing mm. the dark in, in that core. Yeah. So maybe just before we go there, I want to yeah. talk about the journey of, um, first of all, the confusion of masculine and feminine. So when we first mm -hmm. got together, it was like, yeah, there's a feminine path, a masculine path. We're like wrestling with these concepts. And, <clears throat> and in a way, the, the world has seen masculine as an ascent. Mm -hmm. Masculine climbs to the top of the mountain and then sees the gods burning bush. It's, it's a climb. And the feminine is a descent, Anana, going to meet Ereshkigal in the pits of hell. Uh, but the trouble for me was like, yeah, but I climbed up and found the dark. Like, I, um, beyond the burning bush is, is, is the dark. So then I had to flip to, well, also there's a dark masculine path. And this is some of the work that we've done this time. It's not just the dark feminine that lives at the core of the earth. Actually, the dark masculine lives there as well. And that's that black phallus. That's the direct descent. So it's just not the masculine sword coming down with the feminine kundalini dancing up it. It's also the masculine phallus coming up, the dark phallus coming up with the, the cosmic feminine dancing around that. So then you have to let go of Earth Mother and Sky Father and all of those dualities and really be in the deep mysteries that dark and light are both and that they, they have within them something, a singularity behind that polarity. Mm -hmm. So we have this, the duality of light, white dragon and red dragon and of blood and semen. And then underneath both, we have the dark. And that dark ultimately is one, it's a singularity. So part of our work has been to explore that singularity in both its poles. Mm -hmm. And one of those has got to do with how black holes and dark mm -hmm. matter and dark energy, that's the outer symbol in cosmology. When, when black holes fuse, then they create a supermassive. And the other extreme of that is in matter, what happens in the core of atoms. So you want to say something about mm -hmm. the atomic fusion? Sure, atomic yeah. fusion. <laughs> or just work with atoms, like yeah. your experience well, it's, of working it's, with it's, atoms. It's interesting for me because I, I, my path is very much in the experience of it, and right now I'm in a very intense experience, atomic experience. <laughs> um, and I'm, I, I, I don't know if this experience is, is also in other spaces, but for me, I've entered into the menopause portal and I was always curious around um, this initiation in that for a lot of women, it's a, it's a place of waking up and, and, and clearing out what's not serving them anymore and you know they've been giving to their children and now it's time for them to find their own path and it's been that kind of initiation. And so I was curious, well, I feel like I'm pretty current around all that stuff. So what is this initiation going to be? And... Uh, I have to say, it's um, definitely not for the faint-hearted, <laughs> but in a beautiful way. And it, 
feels like there's something about that energy that's supporting me to have, explore the inside of the atom because that's what it feels like it is. It feels like I'm actually in the inside of the atom and everything, everything's actually just dissolving. All my different energy bodies are... And so there's a lot of actual spinning. I call it sometimes, sometimes I've actually lost consciousness, only twice. <laughs> the spinning's been so intense. And so as, I've, as I'm working with it, um, the geometry's um, revealing. And actually Amber gave me a beautiful download around that to support uh, the actual geometry of it. So it feels like the inside of the atom, enter, entering that energy. I've been, I've been really curious about this energy. We know what happens when we split the atom. We know what happens. Um, but what happens if we can enter the atom through, I've been using the word synergy, but I think you're going to make a bit more talk about it as fusion. What happens if we can start accessing this energy and what can be activated in the body if we can start accessing this energy? And so I feel it's a work in progress at the moment, really, and it feels like through my body more and more is being um, experienced but what I'm noticing as more and more is being experienced, guiding rituals are becoming more atomic. <gasps> so um, something I think is being revealed and, um, and I think it's, it's bigger than just entering the atom. It's to do with world soul and a lot of the stuff that Bruce has been downloading. So curious about the dark that's in there and how, how do we start to access that energy and enter that energy and it's beyond duality. It's getting beyond the duality. It's it's going. It's connecting to the dark um, in the core of the earth, and then learning how to vibrate with that. We can enter with resonance if we can just attune the vibration. Yeah. So maybe you can get a taste of that atomic energy and your sexuality. The difference between like friction, body, sexuality, and then erotic energy turns on, and then you can have erotic energy moving through your chakras and snakes going up your spine and so on, then if you start to fuse those energies, then there's times where it's like your bodies pass through each other. Mm -hmm. You ever had that experience where it's not energy and it's not bodies meeting? It's almost like you, you, you occupy the same place. It's like your atoms all pass through each other for a moment. The same as in the fusion of galaxies, when they come together, all of the stars pass through each other and the black holes merge. Um, or when your heart, when you're in the non-dual part of your heart, there's a, there's a falling through each other, a fusion. And this kind of power is the power of the Aquarian age. It's not consensus, it's not a whole lot of suns getting together and deciding together how they'll be. It's the recognition of synthesis, which is not union. Union is the coming together of things that are not the same into a union. Synthesis is the revelation inside things that they were already the same. The revelation of the core dark essence that lives at the core of everything. So if you can start to work with that, it creates a, a far greater power. Like fusion in the atom releases a hundred times more energy than than the energy that's required to bring the atoms together. So that's an exponential energy. People are looking for more energy and you know the world is trying to create safe uh, fusion at the moment. But go to the um, metaphysical level and to the relational level 
when people can come and meet together in the dark, they can produce a hundred times more energy than they can individually. Okay, but you have to overcome the repulsive forces and the powerful forces at the core of an atom. Okay, it's not electromagnetic forces, you have to overcome deep forces of repulsion. So to get close enough together to fuse, you have to synergize and resonate and you have to go through all of the fears of not existing, of dying, of falling into each other and all of those things. So it's not a collapse and enmeshment, it's a willful pushing against the forces that would separate you until fusion starts to happen. Yeah, it's, it, in, as far as tracking it in relating, it, it's, it, it complete, it's a game changer in relating. Mm. Because, it, you know, as, and I, I believe that there's a lot of people in the world that are, are trying to access this, but there's layers to go through. And some of those layers are you know, the emotional body relating pieces that get activated. And then actually it's even going through the erotic part too, going through desire and all those things because it's actually underneath all that. Mm -hmm. Whatever we're still moving from emotional attachment or we're moving from desire or fear, it's not it. Even if we're in our eros and following our eros and think that's it, it's not it. There's actually something underneath it. And it's, it's, it's this ecstatic energy that's underneath, moving from that current that's beyond the polarities and from that place there's really nothing to work out. Mm. There's nothing to work out. There's no need to now have conversations to manage the personality pieces or there's just nothing to work out. And it doesn't mean that sometimes there might be vulnerabilities that arise but it's, it's meeting them from a different place. Well, on the way down it's working out stuff and moving stuff and breaking through conditioning or whatever. But when it starts from that place of dark, it's, it's more touching the vulnerabilities with the dark that then allow it to shift um, in a different way than when it's coming from the woundedness on the way down or up. That's Black Dragon. You know, we've done some work with Black Dragon and the power of Black Dragon is that it, it, just, it just kills identities. So... Most of our psychology is busy with my identity and your identity and figuring out the relating between our identity and the never-ending going around and around between our identities. Black Dragon just ends that, just dissolves that into the underlying synthesis. So if you're in a relationship drama and you can access that energy, it's like you both die and the, the argument ends. But it's, it's not something that the identity chooses because it's a death. It's a dying to a whole level of relating so that a deeper truth can be revealed. And you don't need much of it. You just need to touch. None of us are really ready to go be the dark. Mm -hmm. We're ready to relate to the dark and have it come into our soul and our body-mind um, world. Mm -hmm. To go be the dark, you disappear into the black hole. You're on the other side of it. You're in, in, in matter. But the dark is coming and it's coming collectively, and it's coming individually if you want it. If you learn how to access it, there's probably three keys that we'll work with this week in terms of initiation, because what we want to do now is use the activation of this container to send us away with as a deeper ceiling of our experience as possible. Okay, and the initiatory rites said that you can take initiation on any plane, on any subplane, when two-thirds of your 
um, matter is vibrating at the next level. Okay, when you can get two thirds of your emotional body vibrating with love, you, you, you can take an emotional to Buddhic initiation. When you get two thirds of your consciousness, of your mind vibrating with, you know, um, a deep understanding beyond illusion, you can take initiation. So the, th the three kinds of initiation really are the initiations of matter, so that you know, one of the, way, the powerful ways is if you vibrate your matter at a certain frequency, then your consciousness, deeper consciousness can land. So the vibration of your matter is important and keeping it vibrating at a certain frequency or whatever is also important. So, and you know the, 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 the journey of like you vibrate high for a while and then you fall back and high and you fall back. So initiation is to seal you at a certain level to make that now your fallback level. So if you can keep your vibration at a certain level and seal it at that level, then you can start to accelerate. So that's initiation of matter. And then there's the initiation of your consciousness. And that's, the, that's using your will. Your will to choose and hold onto what you know to be true, even when you don't feel it to be true. And the integration of will and matter is so important because when your matter is starting to vibrate with your emotional wounding, then you need your will to remember that you are not emotionally wounded, you are not an incest survivor, you are the indomitable, fierce, eternal bliss of the universe. And if you can just hold on to the memory of that truth in the face of your vibrating matter telling you that you are a wounded child, you can, you can hold. So that's the, that's the initiation of consciousness, to remember who the fuck you are when everything around you is screaming not, that you're not that. Okay, so one, and they, and they operate together. You can see how the more you can hold your sword of your will steady, the more your matter can vibrate to a higher frequency, and then the more your matter vibrates to a higher frequency, the more your will can come in. So those two operate together. And you want to also take initiation and consciousness to say, okay, you know, before I've allowed myself to fall back into these old patterns of identity, I'm not going there anymore. That's sealed now. I'm sealing my, I'm self-sealing. I'm not giving myself the option to crawl back into that sub-personality that's a wounded victim because I'm done. So that's, that's using your will, taking initiations with will. And then the final you know, um, place, one, one of these is crown and one of these is base, by the way. Vibrating your base is, is really getting to the core of your matter vibration. And if you can pull out fear that's in your base and replace that with trust and universal ecstasy, then your matter, the foundation of your matter starts to shift. And if you can um, bring that will all of the way into your crown so that you remember yourself as a soul, as a monad, as the one life, even while your mind is coming up with all kinds of stories, now you've developed the will. Um, and the, but the, the third place is the heart. All of these are places of non-dual dark, where you can access the dark. And the third is the heart, where you actually have to, you have to initiate yourself into what we did with the marriage ritual, or started with the marriage ritual, which is really just the promise. You have to initiate yourself into being love so that you are not just married to love, you are the love you are married to. 
but when the temptation is to fall into seeking love again, longing for love, missing love, having issues with love, you have to come back to the initiation of being love. And so that's also something that you can feel in your heart. So even if you go away with just each of those three areas a little more um, uh, initiated, the vibration of your matter, the energy of your heart, and the will of your identity. And the, part of the key to the will of your identity is that instead of being a self within a universe, you have to now be the universe within the self. So instead of being an individual within the world, you are the world within the individual. It's a flip, it's a flipping upside down so that you shift your identity from the personal self to the bigger self that we're, the personal self is part of. And then that is always going to shine through the personal self in a way that aligns it with the greater, greater will. So this week we're going to do a number of ceremonies and initiation rites and so on. But that, that's what they're primarily for. They're for you to seal within yourself the gains that you have made um, on this journey together. And in particular, those three areas, the gains you've made in vibrating your matter and shaking off some of the stuff. You are in a womb here at Haydn, and that womb is vibrating in a way that supported your matter to vibrate differently. <coughs> when you go back out away from Haydn, you're not in that womb anymore. And now you're in the womb of the civilization that is going to want to try and push back into your matter, its vibrations. Mm. So for you to hold your vibration, you actually have to have a nuclear core that is generating the vibrations that you want. Okay, Because if you're sourcing your vibrations from the world around you, then, then you're going to fold. It's enormous power, and you have it in your matter. If you can access that fusing power inside your matter, you don't need to respond to the vibrations of what's around you. You are self-sourced. Your matter is self-sourced from the void itself and self-generating. And the same, if you're self-sourced in the heart or self-sourced in the will, then you're not going to be responsive so much to the environment. So, um, matter. So I was going to say, so as you can see, it's, uh, it's, a, it's actually a big week this week. Mm. And... Um, it's interesting for me coming in this last week because I, I know you've, you've, you've had your five weeks and I'm kind of fresh because I'm here for a full week, you know, <laughs> this is day one. <laughs> but for you guys, it's like towards the end, but just really encourage you to, to find that extra piece for this week and to rest well and, and be really here for this, these initiations that are coming in. I mean, we're in preparation today so that we're preparing yourselves, your matter, your consciousness, ready for this sealing over the next few days to um, really anchor this journey to move forward. Mm. And also self-assess, like assess yourself, all initiation, self-initiation. So um, where are those pieces where you know your matter needs more work? Where are the pieces are, even though you've married love and you can now um, have moments where you experience yourself as love and you know the philosophy of being love, how constant is that, is that actually? 
Like, how much work do you, does your heart still have to do to be self-sourced as love rather than as um, seeking validation or love or whatever from others? So most of us, um, if we're honest, can self-assess that that's a path, it's a way. It's not like, oh, I married love, now you know, my relationships have irrevocably changed and I'm just going to be a source of love in the world. Like, yeah, on the way, you're on the way. So maybe um, self-assess that in your, in your connections and your relating this week and in your relationships outside. It's just like, what, what is now sitting at the core of your relating? And then the same with your consciousness, with your identity, that if, if you fall away from who you are, no one can help you. They can help remind you, maybe, but they can't help you. Your, your capacity to remember who you are is critical. Even if you don't feel like it, even if everything in your body-mind is screaming you're not that, developing the will is the capacity to remember who you are in the face of everything contradicting that. Because that's, that will is your entry of your spirit into your body-mind. If you close that, if you seal that off, then you're just left in an identity that's an illusion. And if you're in an identity that's an illusion, anything you do is going to be illusory and, and create more of a spider web that will trap you more and more and more. So coming back to your core, your meditation practice, your remembering of your identity is another critical one. So again, self-assess. Some people, that's not an issue. Their identity is strong as spirit. Maybe their matter is a much more important issue for them. For other people, um, identity is a big issue. Their capacity to lose presence because they're so, you know, in the vibration of matter is huge. So self-assess and feel into your own work and, and create rituals for yourself as well as the ones we create for you that help you this week to remind you when you're out of here like what, are, what is your work? What is the way that you are walking and what things need to be, need to be attended to to help you walk that way with greater power? It would be also great if you could have a reference point, you know, some reference point that you took away in each of those three areas for yourself that you, you um, record for yourself. Could be, you know, a talisman, a greenstone, you know, um, um, ponamu that represents something to do with your matter because to the Maori, um, that's where, where the spirit of their ancestors went and went into the stone and they would carry the stone and and uh, recite the charts on the Greenstone Trails. So Greenstone is a beautiful outer mm -hmm. symbol for the, the spirit moving in the body in matter. Um, it could be a, um, a rite or a ritual that you do, but something that helps you, r remind you that you can access the dark in matter, in love, and in consciousness, those three things. Yeah. So it was striking me that it seems like the same journey of the horizontal and relating as it is in the vertical. It's just we 
you know, the relation between the two um, planes, you know, where it converges. But it, it, it almost, in my, in my experience of it through the, the sense this morning, was the, the core of the atom, where it's not just vertical in this way, it sort of becomes this thing all around where it's like the, the matter, it's almost like matter becoming, vibrating so um, finely, it finally it becomes light, but as it becomes light, it's almost like it transforms back into matter at that point. Mm -hmm. The vibration stops and the stillness mm -hmm. becomes like the stillness of matter again. Mm -hmm. like a sure. Well, you could... That's the case for the dark light, you know, the black hole and the halo of dark matter and the atom. It's the case for the solar light, the heliosphere, and it's the case for electromagnetic currents around the Earth. They all follow that pattern of emergence, duality, come back together, you know. So the experience inside the experience is of dissolution into very subtle. And then you can keep going into emptiness. Or you can stop at the subtle and bring it back round into gross again. So it pays to experiment in, in, your, in your practice, whether it's meditative practice, whether it's descent work like we did this morning, whether it's in your relationships. It pays to be a scientist, and this is a fifth-ray training. And what a scientist does is they experiment and they create hypotheses for themselves and then they test it with data. So being a scientist to explore the dark in, in these three areas will give you a lot of you know, gnosis, self-information. Mm. Yeah. Could the three initiation um, points be related to like the matter being the red dragon and consciousness being the white? Yeah. And then the heart, like when we talk about the heart, is that referring to the black dragon, the black dragon energy? Yeah, you, you, you can go that way. Like um, earth, sun, black hole. Earth is your earth prana and chi, and then your solar prana comes from the sun, and galactic chi comes through the center of the heart. That's the, where the dark energy arrives in the body. Um, however, all of them collapse into the dark eventually. So under the red is the black dragon, under the black is, the, is, is emptiness, and under consciousness is black too. But yeah, you can divide it that way. Okay. Mm. So it almost feels like, um, <clears throat> like uh, yeah, I guess with that dark energy, or with the black dragon energy, it almost feels like it's an easy trap to fall into kind of, you know, people like all of us as individuals within groups coming together and trying to access the dark as opposed to, um, as a group, like, it feels like the inquiry is like, how do we each, how do we have our own relationship with the dark current and listen to the, like yeah. the places in the tone as it moves before yeah. trying to, you know, relate with it through each other, through some concept. Um, does, does it feel like that's part of the... Well, there's, there's two things there. One is the current versus the identity. Like, so there's matter, there's heart, there's consciousness, but then there's a current between them, and following the current is different than following each of them independently. So there's that piece. And then I think <clears throat> the other piece that you're pointing to is that, like all new technology, it is bound to be misused. And the danger of introducing void 
the stuff into ISTA is that now many people use it because it's a new concept like the void, you know, I'm following the void, but actually that's just the mind's idea of the void which is now conceptualized that they're following and people come to hide and it's like, yeah, I've learned about the dark and now I'm like the black dragon is like blah, 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 but, but actually that's just more concept and the danger of technology used by the mind is that the mind will use it for more separation to create more separation from others, to create more elevation, to create a feeling of dif you know, importance or whatever, the mind um, unsolarized will use new technology for more separation. So it's really important that you, on the experiential path, you humble the mind. Then pick it up again, it's a wonderful tool, but it, when it rules, it will, it will just take the technology and, and use it for your ego. To say it's the yeah. same as the ecstatic current. It's another one that's like the, the ecstatic current is, is moving from the dark that's beyond polarity, but that's a vibration. Um, but it's again, people are, are taking that concept and turning it into it's really it's really eros they're following. It's really desire they're following, but right. calling it that. So yeah. it's a similar it's a similar thing. So it's yeah, just getting really clear that there's a distinction between following something from beyond duality from a place of resonance is very, very different to moving from desire and attraction and have very different outcomes. So even if you just get a taste of it, really get the reference point of that taste and mm -hmm. grow it rather than adopt the whole thing as, you know, something you already have, which you don't, yeah. Um, is this, is this work, is this journey a continual like journey into the dark? And at what point do we return to the light, if we return to the light at all? And what is mm. the relationship between the dark and the light? Yeah. <coughs> some question, but it's no, no, I get it. It's a good question. It, I mean, I would say mm, there's different darks. There's mm. that, there's that um, dark that's underneath everything that is, is through everything. And then there's the, the dark inside each of those three things that you, you mentioned. There is a journey to contact it, but then the whole point is to be in touch with it while you are in the middle of light and form. So in other words, while you are in the middle of your argument with your father, you're in touch with the dark. While you're in the middle of spreading the wild love movement around the world, you're also in touch with the place that is empty of all of that. So in other words, to keep freedom, to keep the freedom of the dark, inside everything that you do rather than having to leave the world of form and light to contact the dark you bring the dark in so, and you reveal it inside matter and the in, in the incarnation that is this life is, is, is the reference of, of the light in this case well, it's not even the reference of the light that the journey in this incarnation is to see that that form and consciousness and spirit are all manifestations of the same thing and so you can't leave form to find spirit and, you know, that they're all together. So then you don't need to play. When you're still playing the soul game, you're either trying to leave earth and go to heaven or you're trying to bring heaven to earth. Yeah. But if you're in the dark game, you see that earth's already heaven and heaven's already part of earth and you don't have to, you're, the middleman's not required. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I mean, this is quite important if you're going to carry 
something away from the six weeks that is, you know, got some stability in you. Yeah. Um, are there dark forces in the dark? Well, there's dark. There's in the dark in the Star Wars kind of. Right, you mean like in like evil, things. malevolent yeah, dark? Yeah. Of course. Well, there's the dark before it's married to the light. So all of the all of the arguments about the forces of light and the forces of dark. Okay, real dark that we're talking about is beyond that duality. But the and that's why most people. Um, if they don't have enough light, they are really afraid of the dark. Mm -hmm. Okay, because they're basically saying, "I don't have enough light to meet my own shadow or mm -hmm. to meet the, the the dark." So we have to stay away from it. Great, develop more light, and then when you've got enough light to face your that, that dark, then you'll fuse them, and then the real dark can open. So yeah, there are dark forces everywhere, and the, there are dark light polarities everywhere. But the deep dark is not a polarity. Mm. So my question is more: if we access this kind of, as we access this, yeah, do we are we going to become aware of those dark forces that are in manifestation, and do we need to do anything about them, or do we just work? With well, I think that we, is there is this one of the things that we need to be aware of? Well, this is the Shambhala myth that actually all of those dark forces, their job is to serve the greater dark, if you have the power to direct them. Otherwise, they direct you. And the huge danger in humanity at the moment, I would say, is that a, a deep eruption of the dark, which is repressed emotional, sexual, um, uh, primal energy, that that deep eruption is coming over the next few years, probably. And that is, does not have enough consciousness to be directed in a in a evolutionary way, so it's going to be rebellious. So we we have to work with those energies in ourselves, which is part of what our training is to like be able to go down to ride the dragon rather than get eaten by it. So the more you can do that with yourself, the more you'll be able to do that with the forces around. But it's like it's coming, ready or not, it's coming anyway. So we may not be equipped to deal with it, but actually we may have to access the parts of us that were always equipped to deal with it. Yeah. Daniel. Um, there is a card that I can draw from above, consciousness, mm -hmm. and there is a Kundalini that I can write. And then once they merge, this dark energy spreads in my body. So if I want to increase uh, the capacity or the volume of the dark in my body. I have to increase both of these um, dualities. Yeah, it's one way for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so how to do it? I would also say there's something underneath the Kundalini mm. as well. So if you remember in the descent we did this morning, we went through Eros. So Kundalini serpents really coming from the erotic. Mm. So there's actually something underneath that and that's more anchoring that pole in the earth of the dark, yeah, which is more of an ecstatic quality in my experience. You can generate, let me just say on that, you can generate the dark through duality, just like masculine and feminine can generate eros. So you can, you know, bring these polarities together to generate the dark here, or you can realize the dark that's beneath both dualities, and then that also generates the dark. Okay, so those are two techniques. Yeah. Um, 
so, yeah. and the descent, so there was like the Kundalini energy, which is two serpents, and feeling that coming out mm. of my body, and then it was like, okay, and then there's a gate in order to get to the ecstasy, there's a black serpent. So like, um, really feeling this embodying that last week, and then like, the black serpent, there's still a little bit of confusion whether or not this serpent is supposed to be about ally, like enemy, or something I have to like battle and like rip apart. But like in this work, like like when we when we met the black serpent, she was like guarding ecstasy. So yeah. um, like in in the role of the descent, like 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 what what is the what is the sort of the purpose of the of the black serpent in 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 that journey? I wouldn't say it was so much guarding ecstasy. It was like it might be it's a guardian that could guardian. be in the way of ecstasy if it hasn't been integrated. Mm. But you know, yeah, yeah, also it it. It will destroy you or save you. Depends on whether you've got the, the energy that can master it. So if you think of the last few thousand years, the battle was between the sun and Kundalini, the sun and the serpent, George and the dragon. Um, and consciousness and sexuality work that's been going all over the planet now for a few decades is that polarity, consciousness and sex. Okay, but if you get underneath that dual serpent of sexuality, you get to the black serpent. Mm. So you've got to get above the sun. Because the sun, the black serpent will, will, will um, defeat the sun. Mm. Okay, the, the serpents of Kundalini and the sun are evenly matched, yeah. but the black serpent will defeat the sun. So you have to go higher than the sun, and on the way to the black hole is the lightning and Sirius, mm. the blue-white fire. So what you need to master the black serpent is you need the will at the heart of the soul, the diamond will of the soul. If you don't have the diamond will, the black serpent will dominate you. So all of these are like, okay. like uh, dualities. There's the sun and your kundalini, and then there's the will, the, the blue-white fire and the black serpent, and then underneath that is the black dragon, and above that is the black hole. So they're the same. So in a way, in a way, the black serpent is testing your will. Okay, cool. Okay, and in fact, in, in ancient Egypt, there was a, a rite where someone was designated to be your tempter, and their job in tempting you was to say, "Are you sure? Like, you know, you sure that that experience that you had on ayahuasca wasn't just like, you know, some self-fulfilling wish thing? Are you sure that that?" That your that burning bush wasn't just a cheese and onion sandwich you ate for dinner last night, you know, coming into your dreams. Whatever the tempting is, the the answer, if you can meet that, is I just sharpened my sword. Thank you for helping me sharpen my sword. So that black serpent will will give you. It knows where all of the bodies are buried in your your life and everybody else, and it will test your will. And if you can master it, then you access the dark and matter. Different than criticism, right? What's that? Quite different than criticism. It's not criticism, it's truth. But it's truth that you um, are not able to face yet unless you have the antidote with you, which is... And what the will basically rests on is your eternal innocence. The black serpent will show you your eternal guilt. Right, that you you know, like everything that you try to rise above, it will show you your deepest um, truths. But your will knows the path to your eternal innocence as the great perfection. 
So you have to balance your eternal guilt with your eternal innocence. Yeah. And if you don't have that eternal innocence, you will fall because your black serpent will show you as part of yourself that you are so horrified that you, you know, fall off your will, off your alignment. Okay, so, yeah. Survival? Yeah. Use of survival. Where would that be within the matter half of consciousness? Well, it can, be, it can be in all. So survival in matter is basically an underlying vibration in your base center that just tells you and rises up in you and tells you you're not safe. And so then you can you know, build your body-mind on top of that. Um, survival in the mind is when you, your mind is in the illusion of being a separate identity. Now you want intellectually property right, and now you want to own your property. Now you want to have security by your mind gripping something for you at the expense of everybody else. That's survival of mind. That's separate mind. And the, the civilization out there is rife with that. And you can have survival in the heart. Like, that's my lover. You know, her love is mine. It's, I won't survive without that love. So you can have survival running each of those um, parts of you. In fact, that's probably the big, the, probably the big discriminating thing the mind can work with between being in your, being driven by your unsolarized body mind is that at the root of your motivation for doing anything is a fear. The fear of that your separate self is not going to survive. And at the root of the soul is love, love that would willingly give itself for much greater than your own survival. So that's kind of how you can tell in yourself and in someone else, are they anchored in their soul or are they anchored in their, their body-mind? And it gets very, very tricky because remember we talked about the spiritual imposter. Somebody is promoting... Uh, pyramid scheme money-making thing, for example. <laughs> Somebody is um, telling you that if you just do this course at Hyden, this six-week thing, it's going to cost you X amount of money, but oh my God, after that, you'll never need to do another course again. You'll be like... And then, by the way, we have this special you know, thing that's been downloaded from Sirius and impregnated with cosmic you know, forces that if you buy one of these for 49 bucks, then your life will now be changed. You can put that under your pillow and everything's good. So all of the technology of truth can be used for business as usual. How can you tell? You only get trapped if you're still in that yourself. Okay? Like, someone can only be clever and manipulate you with the latest version of technology um, to take your money if you are also in that illusion. Okay? If you're free of that illusion you can sniff out whether something's real or not. So that's important in yourself too, to see where the parts of yourself want to take it to market and whether the parts of yourself want to give it away. Like what, are, what, are, what is your motivation in anything that you do? <sighs> so, initiation week. The point of getting to here is partly to celebrate what you have achieved. Mm. Okay? 
not to come to the fifth week and spend the whole week in regret about what you didn't achieve. <laughs> this is the most painful week for the people who try to survive Haydn. It's the most painful week because then part of them is like, fuck, I've, I've almost made it, I've almost got through. And another part's like saying, last chance to break, last chance to break. And those two voices are inside, going on inside people. Um, but the, there's always a chance to crack in any moment, to crack deeper into your process. And there's always a, a time to celebrate what has been achieved. So whatever you've achieved in your time here, this is the week where you ground that, anchor it, harvest it, um, seal it. Not, not steal yourself this week with another failure story about how you didn't <coughs> do this or do that that you could have or should have or whatever, because that's just the same stuff. So you have to be your friend, your own friend this week. Mm. You know, mm. harvest the things that have been um, powerful for you, that have moved for you. And, and seal them, initiate yourself with them. So I'd like you to spend some time in your four. Can somebody give me the time? Two minutes to one. Hmm? What time is it? One o'clock. It's one, okay. And don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but pay attention to your cross this week, okay? Because your cross is the... Is the place that your soul has to rise out of the middle of. So if you are also just thinking, well, God, I've only got four more days with these people, I don't, I'll just like be patient. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd advise you against that strategy. Um, I'd advise you to like, oh my God, I've got four more days to work through so that I love these people as much as I love myself. That's how you know you're in the middle of the cross. It's not like your body mind coming back in thinking, like, fuck, I just gnashed my teeth for another three days listening to that wanker before I'm free, you know? It's the, uh, it's the reverse. It's like, I, I want to get to the end of this week where, as a soul, I love your body mind as I love, much as I love mine. That's, in, that's the relationship initiation, actually. That's when you know that you have succeeded in being a loving and loving so pay attention to your cross. Make sure that you emerge out through the center of it rather than cut off one of the arms. Okay, enjoy your lunch.